You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Hi, Laura. Hi, Lindsay. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, my Thanksgiving was wonderful. I got to spend so much lovely time with family and friends. And my mom made two turkeys, uh, one one regular, one deep fried. So that was a fun, oh my God, yum, little moment. And I'm just, you know, enjoying being at home in Massachusetts. Um, you know, think I'm going to maybe make a couple of pilgrimages up to the attic to continue to search for American Girl paraphernalia. Um, <laughs> how was your Thanksgiving? It was so nice. We went to my brother and sister-in-law's house with our family, and it was so lovely to all be together. The food was amazing, and we got to spend a lot of time with our almost three-year-old nephew. So that was super fun. I feel like every time I see him, he's just, he's learned so much. He's so smart and so cute and I don't get to see him too often. Um, so it was really nice to all be together, but like you are about to do, I also went into the attic <laughs> or an, an unsuccessful trip up there to find Posey, which Mm. I don't know where she is. And I went through an entire like section of stuffed animals. Like I didn't even know how many stuffed animals I had really growing up, but like there were at least like five big bags of them where I like deeply remembered every single one of them and like where I obtained them. And oh my goodness, I found this little chicken in a headscarf, like a... (laughs) (laughs) that I got at Sturbridge village. I found a cow that I got at the Ben and Jerry's factory. Like I remembered every single stuffed animal that I had, but I'm like, where did I put these all? Like they, I don't remember like my bedroom being overtaken by stuffed animals growing up, but like you just accumulate so many. So true. I feel like my parents would just like shove all of our stuff, like all our clutter in like big toy boxes. So it was like a Mm -hmm. mess to find anything but like (laughs) it was also very easy to clean up you just shove it all back in yeah um but I you know I feel like Posey is your white whale this is the search that you know keeps continues and that's the same thing with me and any of my American Girl stuff like I know obviously that I found the Biddy Twins and finding the Biddy Twins almost lit a fire in me even more because it makes me believe why did we keep these two things and not other dolls and I'm thinking there must be some but also I've been seriously considering just having my dad ask his friend whose kids we gave the American Girl dolls to if they still have them because they are our neighbors and I just feel like they wouldn't care if I took those back. Oh my God, Laura, they're your neighbors. March yourself yeah. over there after we record. And ask I, 
I am literally going to go to my dad after this and be like, can you just ask them if they still have any of that stuff? And can I please take some of it back? Because I mean, I can't guarantee that it's in good condition, but even if it's in poor condition, I would love to at least have a a baseline and maybe I would get some of the dolls like re-wigged or cleaned up. But yeah, we gave all five, as far as I can see from not finding them in the attic, all five American girls to these neighbors. And I guess maybe also Biddy Baby. Um, (laughs) But Biddy Twins, for some reason, stayed at my house. Now, we did a lot of swapping of clothes. I'm actually just recovering this memory as we speak uh, with these neighbors because they had I, I would say probably like four American Girl dolls between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a few years younger than me, um, but we would play with those together. And I remember them having these snowsuits that were not American Girl brand. They were from like a flea market or antique store or like one of those bespoke doll clothing uh, sellers. And they were yeah. adorable snowsuits, like a pink fleece and a cream fleece with leopard and I found those in the attic and those don't even belong to me I don't even want those I want those to go back to their original owner I had that's what the the biddy (laughs) twins were wearing when I found them was the snowsuits um (laughs) so I want to I want those to go back to the original owner and I would love to see if we can return to me at least one. And one of the ones that I would love to get back because she was in prime condition when I passed her along to these neighbors uh, is Kaya. And we're going to be talking about her in depth today. We are so excited to chat through Kaya and her collection. But Laura, I really think you should go and try to get these American girls back (laughs) before you leave back to California. I know these the idea that I could ask for them back didn't even occur to me. I don't know why. These people live across the street from us. Like, and my father and mother are still in con like they just went out with them the night before Thanksgiving for dinner. So it's not like there's no contact right. or it would be awkward. Like my dad could text them right now. <laughs> but oh my God. yeah, they're probably so-, so close to you. They're probably like 500 feet away from you as we speak. <laughs> if if they kept them, if they got rid of them, I wouldn't blame them because yeah. I feel like it happens, you know, yeah. but, but I really hope that they kept them. And I, I, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to ask and I'll update everybody on how that goes. Perfect. Yes. Next week we'll send an update. <laughs> you know, we, speaking of updates, we also got an interesting comment that I wanted to bring up on the podcast, uh, for whoever has listened to our episode from two weeks ago on the historic girl size clothing, where Laura, we went pretty in depth into all of the different, uh, collection options for the American girls. And someone left a comment on our Instagram that so deeply resonated that, was a thought that I didn't even consider. And it was, it just made everything click. So I want to read this on our podcast. And the context behind this is the historic girl size clothing. The model for Kirsten has beautiful red hair. She's gorgeous. So gorgeous. And the model for Felicity is a brunette. And 
I think a lot of us have thought over the years, like, why isn't the redheaded model, the Felicity model? And we had some theories going on a few podcasts back. And within that time, I won an eBay auction for one of the original American girl catalogs. It's from 1989. So uh, American girl has been out for a few years at this point, but it still only has three dolls. Felicity was not a part of it. It was Samantha, Kirsten and Molly. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting to open a catalog with only the three girls in it. And, you know, we're looking at the original shoot for the historic girl sites clothing. And another point on that is that there are also scenes that we don't typically see in later catalogs where the girls are all holding props. Like we see Kirsten with her chickens throughout the entirety of, you know, the historic girl size clothing that they share. But like, we also have Samantha with schnauzers. Like we don't see that, you know, in future iterations of the catalog. So we see yes. the props and, you know, we have the models who are, you know, throughout like the nineties, but all leading back to a comment that we received on our Instagram for a post that we made, um, last week on Kirsten's, uh, collection, which had her birthday outfit and her winter look for girls to wear. And this comment just made so much sense. And I pinned it on the Kirsten look at top. So you can see it there, but it says in case anyone is wondering why this redhead is not posing as Felicity, these pics were taken before Felicity was a twinkle in Pleasant's eye. I remember like, ah, it makes so much sense. So much sense. So much sense. I've loved that comment because it really was just the answer that we were all looking for. And I want to clarify something that the I think that people were misunderstanding my confusion about the chickens. <laughs> I mean, and the red hair. I mean, the red hair, honestly, like natural that we were confused in that comment helped answer it. But yes. I want to clarify some confusion about the chickens because like the chickens make a lot more sense also knowing that the they were in the original catalog with the props mm-hmm. like that makes so much more sense but people kept like commenting of course she would have chickens she's on a farm like she's in the prairie like all the and it's like yes that all makes sense you are yes. all 100% correct the question was not why chickens the question was why only a prop for this one character and why chickens a live animal when <laughs> you know Molly has a prop but it's just like balloons like right it just I was simply asking like why take the time and commitment for this one character to have a live animal on set for a prop yes the prop makes sense in the context of Kirsten's you know setting but it just didn't make sense with like the effort level that was being put in <laughs> for the rest of the dolls, which now it does because of, because of that one comment. So thank you to that person who cleared things up for us. Right. Totally. And I'll continue to post more of the historic girl size clothing from this 1980s catalog. I think it's really interesting to see the different props that all of the girls had throughout the photo shoot. And, you know, as we see in uh, Felicity and Addie's collections, like they definitely scale back a bit on like the props that the girls are holding. I mean, 
Addie does have her bird in her birthday look, but I think other than that, like we don't see too many props happening, but it's really interesting to see like how the photo shoots evolved over the years. And I really want to track down one of these original models for the girl size clothing, because I think, you know, being on set that day must've been so interesting. Like there was so much happening, you know, Kirsten also has her rabbits and the dogs with Samantha and, um, I think that would be really interesting to hear that perspective, but it's really hard to track these models down. If anyone has any leads to this, if anyone knows their names, I like tried to search Reddit for, you know, some AMA from American Girl catalog model historic clothing. Like it, it's a little tricky, but I, I think we'll find one of them one day. Yeah, I think we will too. And it's interesting because like they would be so much older than I think like Mm -hmm. we're obviously used to thinking of them as children so like they would have to be what around like 40 no older older they're probably 45 yeah they're probably born in like the late 70s very early 80s I would say because they were probably I don't know let's say seven eight nine 10 at the time of this shoot so and it's just crazy to think of that because I think of American Girl as being like still not like a very old phenomenon but right we, we are getting into like the 40 year mark of American Girl yeah so it's definitely very very interesting to think about it right I'm so curious what AG will do for its 40th year celebration I know, I know. It's like shocking to me that they were, that they re-released the dolls for their 35th anniversary because like, I just never thought that they would do that. Um, But like, how do they top that for 40? Right, exactly. Like 35 is not necessarily a milestone year. It was much appreciated to see the girls re-released. and a good celebration. Like I was also born in 1986. So I'm just following right along with the AG anniversaries here. <laughs> so Love what it. is my 40th birthday present going to be from exactly. American Girl? <laughs> Honestly, it should be like they recreate an entire old Pleasant Company catalog and you can buy any of the stuff inside it. Oh my God. Honestly, and clothing for adults. That's my wish. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like a re-release of all the favorite things or like take a vote on like the things that we want them to bring back. Like, oh my God. Right. I have so many thoughts on like things that I would want from American girl. And I think we all do, but we were in the DMS with a listener recently. And we've talked about this on the podcast as well, but we want sequels. We want to know where the girls were you know, 20 years after their stories ended, Mm. like I would love nothing more than to have a re-release or a release of these, um, sequel books. Yes. One book for every historic character. That's just like an epilogue, right? How good would that be? Would love it. And I mean, Let's bring back some of the original authors to to write Mm -hmm. those stories, you know, like original authors, original illustrators. We want it all. Exactly. Exactly. 
Uh, well, here's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> totally. All right. So today we are talking about Kaya and Laura, as you just shared, you had Kaya as your very last doll. And I'm excited to chat more with you about her because I don't have that much knowledge of her. Like, I think I stopped looking at catalogs probably in the late, like the very end of the nineties, early two thousands. Like my memories really trail off from American girl when I was around 12 or 13 years old. And I don't remember seeing Kaya who was released in 2002 as a part of the catalogs that I was familiar with. So really looking forward to uh, your experience with her and hearing your memories. Yes. So Kaya was the last historic doll that I Mm. ever got. My last doll ever was a girl of the year called Kaylee, which maybe if we do a deep dive on girl of the year, we'll, (laughs) we'll touch on her, but she was my last historic doll. And definitely at a time where I don't, you know, like thinking back on it, like, I don't know if I was getting out of the American girl, like playing habit, but like, it definitely felt like I knew she was probably going to be one of my last dolls, but I remember seeing her and just being so taken with her. And she was very unique from the other American girl dolls because she is native American and she just had the most interesting clothes and accessories and she also had a different face mold than the other American Mm -hmm. Girl dolls which we talked about with our past guest Chrissy you know I appreciate that they took that care I'm not sure if they got everything right with this doll Um, you know we'd have to ask someone who's an expert but I do think you know that this was a very interesting and uh, important foray into representation that they made during this time. Definitely. I tried to look into this a bit to see what the process was like and, uh, you know, the research that was done for creating Kaya. And it was quite interesting to see that this doll was, I think, six years in the making. Um, where a normal AG would be about three years. And they had a council from people from the Nez Perce tribe to consult on her creation and, you know, really worked closely and worked to develop an accurate portrayal and set it in a very specific time period prior to, you know, they had contact with Europeans, but at this point, but it wasn't, you know, it was really shown at like the height of the tribe and they're celebrating their culture, you know, not a time before all of the historical atrocities had taken place and really, you know, were respectful to the culture, but I think there's still some criticism to it. And a lot of things that were misrepresented, which I was looking a bit into, um, prior to recording this episode, but, uh, it, it, you know, I think with any, you know, topic that is so, uh, monumental like this, you know, doing it hundred percent, right. Is a challenge, you know, you want to be respectful to the culture and, taken so many things into account when handling such a delicate topic. I also think it's like 
you know, it's nice because Kaya is one of the few historic dolls that American Girl, you know, now Mattel has kept in their collection. I saw a lot of her collection when I was at the various American Girl stores, both with Lindsay and when I went in Chicago. And they've kept a lot of it the same, which I Mm. think just sort of speaks to the fact that, you know, they did take that care in developing this doll, maybe more attention to detail than some of the others. And so like, there's not as much of a need to grow and develop the collection to be more like commercial. I think that they've kept Mm -hmm. this collection very traditional and I appreciate that because obviously there are some of the changes they've made that you and I are not a fan of. And I, I just don't think that this is the type of portrayal that you can make, you know, into like a pink Samantha dress like you you really want to keep this collection as authentic as possible so I I appreciate that they haven't really made many changes to her collection because it's pretty much exactly how I remember it for the most part right oh that's a good point yeah I mean there's so much nuance with this right like it's hard like you know because ultimately like these are dolls for sale you know Mm -hmm. like they're used for education, but also, you know, to make money. And it's like a very delicate situation, right? Right. Um, You know, we've talked about, you know, how AG has evolved and I'm happy to hear that, you know, they've kept the Kaya collection true to what it was originally founded as because a a lot of research went into it. And uh, I think that's important. And I also read that American Girl has kept ties with the Nez Perce community and had a 15 year celebration from the release of the doll. So back in 2017. And I think that's important that, you know, it wasn't just created and then no contact ever again. Yeah, totally. I think honestly, like it's crazy to think that this doll is 20 years old because as I mentioned, like everything is still pretty much the same as when I got her, which is really incredible. And I think like, you know, I would love to see American Girl expand its Native American representation into other Mm -hmm. tribal representations from other time periods. Because, you know, as we are all aware we associate Native American representation a lot with certain time periods in mm-hmm. our history. And it's it would be great to get some modern representations of American girls from different Native tribes um, and, you know, what that looks like today or maybe what that has looked like in the past 50 years rather than right. just looking at them from a, um, you know, 1700s or 1800s context. Right. Definitely. Definitely. Or even further back in history. Yeah. I think there are just so many interesting stories to be told that are so, you know, important to continue to share and educate with. All right. Well, shall we get into Kaya's collection? Let's do it. I'm so excited to like, this is again, one of the first times that I'm really seeing Kaya fully um, Laura and I saw each other a few weeks ago and she so generously gave me a catalog from holiday 2002. It has Kaya on the cover. So this was the year that she was launched. Um, also on the cover, I just want to say this 
kind of made me laugh. It says new, it's a girl, it's a, and a boy meet the bitty twins inside. So this is the bitty twin debut issue as well. (laughs) Which is crazy because I also had the bitty twins and I have to assume I got these in the same calendar year, which is just like absolute insanity and (laughs) unnecessary. But yes, Kaya's launch was a big deal. And also throughout her collection, it's not structured exactly the same as the other dolls where you have like you know meet whoever uh and then like a celebration like whatever like it's it school like it doesn't follow that traditional trajectory so I think that's very interesting um her books are more centered around stories rather than following that honestly like very Eurocentric or like westernized like idea of like school and Christmas and mm-hmm. you know all these things summer Birthday. that we touch upon. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So that was very interesting. And I believe I only read the first book in Kaya's series, but these were very good and interesting stories that were touched on. And I'd love to go back and read the rest of the books. Yeah. Um, I agree. Like reading about Kaya's stories, like through the pages of this catalog and then also a bit online. And I was really interested to read more of these. Um, Also the dolls of our lives podcast had a really great series for Kaya. So definitely check that out as well for a very detailed look um, into Kaya's story. Yes, definitely. They did a great job covering that. I always love to go back to their um, episodes about the books that I haven't read because it gives Mm -hmm. like such a good context. So for Kaya, she, like we said, isn't going to follow the traditional trajectory, but she does have a centerfold Meet Kaya page um, announcing her debut. And I'll read a little bit about her. Um, that has accompanied her launch images. So Kaya is an adventurous Nez Perce girl growing up 1764. In Meet Kaya, Kaya is dreaming of the day she can race her beautiful Appaloosa mare steps high. Her father has warned her that her horse is young and untested, but when a pesky boy insults (laughs) steps high, Kaya accepts his challenge to race, but as they ride, Kaya loses sight of her little brothers. Her carelessness earns her a terrible nickname. Will her friends ever let her forget it? So very interesting um, to start off with this idea of Kaya as also like Felicity into horses, um, mm-hmm. but Kaya's horse is a little bit different. I remember her horse, um, I believe coming with like a little baby horse as well. So very yeah. cool. The nickname in reference is magpie, which is a bird that only thinks of itself. So that is, you know, not, not a nickname you want to have. Right. Yes, exactly. This is what your Kaya doll comes wearing. And this outfit was so beautiful in person. Um, So Kaya arrives in a deerskin dress trimmed with fringe, a line of pretend clamshell beads, and a belt. Pretty moccasins cover her feet. Kaya has deep brown eyes and dark brown braids. It's tied with real shell hair ties. Your Kaya doll comes with her meat Kaya book. The material that this dress was made out of, they say is synthetic, 
But like Josefina's moccasins and Kaya's like whole ensemble, the quality really felt high on these items. Like I remember feeling like this was very close to what real suede feels like. So it definitely didn't feel synthetic, but um, yeah, just really cool. And those seashell ponytail holders that she has at the base of her braids were so beautiful in Mm -hmm. real life. And her hair was just like so long. I don't think I ever took my Kaya's hair out of the braids because I was older at this time and I understood that I should keep it in maybe I will discover her somewhere among my items and realize that I did. Her hair is so long um, and beautiful. So really tempting to take it out and play with. Her hair looks so gorgeous. I always say how I like would react as a child, as an adult now, but I feel like I would like respectfully leave her hair in the braids that it came with. It was like, this is just too striking to take down like she was yes. to have this hair specifically yes I'm 99% sure that I left it in and then she comes with some accessories which obviously I didn't have because for some reason nobody ever bought me the meat accessories when I would get a new <laughs> doll um, but Kaya has Kaya's bag and belt pouch hold food and other tre- treasures she might have woven them using cord dyed with berries wildflowers and mosses the same dyes that would have colored the porcupine quills in her pretty necklace so her she has these three strands of a necklace that are um, green blue and red with white beads in between they're really pretty and then she has uh, almost like a little tote bag and then like a little belt pouch so mm-hmm. these are really cute and complement the whole look really well Right. They really do. Everything is just so like breathtakingly beautiful. All right. And then we go into her winter ensembles that are part of her survival story. So this is kind Mm -hmm. of where we veer off of the path of the traditional American girl story categories. We have Kaya's survival story, and this is Enemy raiders are invading Kaya's village. Kaya's mother tells her to run for the woods with her blind sister, Speaking Rain. But as Kaya tries to protect her horse, she and Speaking Rain are captured. How will they ever get back home? This is a really intense book. Like this, I feel like really makes me want to read her series. For sure. For sure. It's, It's just like when they say a survival story, like it really is. It's not just like you know, some of the lighter fare from other books. So it's definitely like getting down to some, some intense subject matter for sure. Definitely. And within this collection, we have Kaya's cape and hood. Her cape here, it says that it was sewn with four rabbit hides together to make it. And her other accessories include moccasins, long mittens, and a hood trimmed with faux fur and real feathers. That's really cool. Yeah, this is a really interesting accessory set. Yeah, and I'm conf- the one thing I'm confused about is what dress is this? Because this is, mm-hmm. she's wearing a dress slightly different from her meat dress. It's a little bit more substantial in terms of weight. It looks like. Right. Yeah. The dresses on the next page. Um, it, you know, does 
takes similar, uh, a similar style from her meat dress, but there is slight variation and it's her adorned deer skin dress. Got it. Got it. Super pretty goes really mm-hmm. well with the fur hood and uh, cape for sure. And the mittens and the boots too. Right. And then we have her dog. Yeah, Kaya has a lot of animals in her collection, which I think is Mm -hmm. part of the reason why I was drawn to her. Now, my memory is probably incorrect, but I keep like thinking that I had this dog and I'm not sure that that's actually the case, but (laughs) (laughs) fair. I just want to say really quick, this, this dog is sort of like the beginning, I think, of American Girl making dogs almost like stuffed animals and not like the way that coconut was made which was like a very like heavy or like the way posy the lamb was made like this is basically just a stuffed animal right yeah and we we've seen this a lot especially with the birthday scenarios where a lot of the american girls receive pets for their birthdays and I feel like American girl goes back and forth on like the realisticness of some of the animals. Like Posey is very accurate. Whereas, um, Molly's dog is not right. Or Kirsten's kittens look like little stuffed animals. So it's kind of interesting to see because I think Kaya's horses are a bit more realistic looking than this dog is. Um, totally which is, which is interesting. I mean, this definitely looks like a stuffed animal and I can't quite tell what it is about it. Like it's face for sure. It's paws are, you know, extremely large. It's legs. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be able to stand up if it had like more accurate proportions. Yeah. It's just, it's very fluffy. It just looks like Mm -hmm. a stuffed animal. It's, it's the face too. Like you can see that it's like just sewn. Right. I know, um, I didn't try to hide that. <laughs> yeah, um, but, you know, very cool. So it's um, Kaya's dog, Totlo, and Travwa, the almost cart or, like, hitch that goes on the back of the dog mm-hmm. to help load things up so that the dog can help carry. Lone Dog is actually the mother, and Totlo is the the baby dog. Um, Mm -hmm. So she becomes Kaya's dog um, and they're going on a journey and um, on the trip, the dog is pulling this sort of like trailer behind it loaded up with Kaya's bedding. And so that's what we're seeing here, like the way that they would carry their items um, using the dog to help. Yeah, this is really, really interesting. Then we have Kaya's craft kit. This is a kit for Kaya to make things that she'll use and wear all year long. This comes with a real leather bag um, that holds everything that Kaya needs to make a painted saddle bag and a necklace. So it comes with a real leather and leather fringe, an awl, two wooden needles, and a pretend sinew, leather cord, and beads in a plastic shell. This is a really interesting set. And I think we talk about this a lot, but like, this must be miniature for the dolls. (laughs) So small, so small, but yeah, that's really cool. I like how a lot of the dolls like have their sewing crafts and this one's particularly interesting. Right. You could really see like 
how everyone was using the same skill, like within their time period and necessity. Well, on the next page, we have something that's very near and dear to my heart. So Mm -hmm. this is part of a sister story. Um, As summer approaches, Kaya is hoping for news of her lost sister speaking rain. Meanwhile, her older sister, Brown Deer, will soon be married. And Kaya is worried that she's about to lose her other sister, too. Now, the trauma of one of her sisters just being lost um, is such a, I mean, that is rough. Yeah, and especially lost between books too, right? Because her yeah. sister is lost when the raiders come to her her capture with Kaya and Kaya is able to escape, but it doesn't seem like Speaking Rain has been able to get back to their village. So this is really traumatic and I, you know, hope by the series end that she is reunited with her family. Right. Like you could see that this is a matter of months have gone by here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but on this page, we have um, Kaya's teepee, which um, sort of like thinking along the lines of the American Girl bedrooms. Um, this was that for Kaya. And I wanted this desperately. And I received it for Christmas, I think Christmas 2002. So Kaya's teepee is extremely intricate and really well done. Um, Help Kaya put together this teepee that's just her size. Girls built teepees like this one as practice for when they would be responsible for building their village's shelter. Two, sorry, what does that say? Two tool mats trim the entrance. Outside, her wood fire really lights up. Now, assembly required is an understatement. (laughs) My father had a hell of a time putting this together. Um, <laughs> I had the teepee and I also had the um, bedroll and the bedroll has um, some different hides um, that you put inside the teepee to mm-hmm. make it more more comfortable. So one is elk hide and then um, there is a pillow as well. So these were placed inside the teepee and then you have the real light up fire which I believe I found the light up fire and some of the rods for the teepee in my attic yeah interesting yeah and so how you put this teepee together was there was um different little holes in the base mat of it that you would stick the rods in and then you'd kind of crisscross them until they all came together at the top. And then Mm -hmm. you'd have to like drape the um, hide covering for the dwelling over it. And then you like weave these little um, like notches in the front. So that was sort of how that worked, but it was definitely kind of challenging to put together and I know my dad really struggled and it was one of those things where I was so excited to get it that I made him put it together like day of (laughs) oh my goodness this is so beautiful I would love to try to assemble this too after hearing your your father and his struggles with it I'm like very inspired to do an attempt myself if I had I know now it like seems like it would be really fun to try to put it together myself but I definitely don't have all the pieces and when this like 
would ever fall down or something like we would always be like missing some of the rods and like yeah so like I definitely don't have all the pieces but um I did I did discover a few of them interesting and now does Kaya fit inside of it yeah Very cool this is such a great collection was this the only accessory that you had for Kaya or something that accompanied I believe so again unless I had the dog which mm-hmm. I don't believe I did and I also like definitely am hallucinating this but I also feel like I maybe had the horse but I doubt mm. it I'll have to ask my mom I don't think so <laughs> I don't I don't think I would have been able to acquire this many items for her <laughs> like at once I don't know yeah I don't think so but okay we need to like coin the term of this phenomenon where you think you had something but aren't particularly sure about it. Yes, agreed. And then also just to touch on a few things that are accompanying the vignette we have, we also have mm-hmm. Kaya's foods. So she's um, gathered some huckleberries and some different roots and she has them in a woven basket. And then she covers it with huckleberry branches. These tool mats are kind of like a common theme I've noticed among a couple different settings. Um, But she lays out some berries and some salmon. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that salmon looks fire. Um, (laughs) And so she's gathering all these things on the mat. um, And then she also has a little bowl to uh, start making these into different food items um as well and I think that little basket and bowl and mat are so cute I love all of the detail that goes into all of American Girl accessories but these all seem particularly special and well thought out and you know I think a lot of it is the setup of your scenarios with AG but this seems like there is some like good play involved with it too and then we have the Nez Perce Today outfit which you know, when I was reading on uh, the series, something that they made a point to do in the books was the traditional peek into the past section also uh, shared a lot of modern day experiences of the Nez Perce tribe as they wanted to really highlight that the uh, tribe is still thriving today. And that is really important to share. So we have here Kaya's story takes place long ago, but the Nez Perce people are still a proud, strong culture today. Like other American children, Nez Perce children go to school, play sports, and watch TV, but they also learn the Nez Perce language, play traditional games, and dress in beautiful costumes for powwows. So we have uh, Kaya in a dress that it shares here that it was originally made from tobacco can lids. The cone-shaped jingles on this dress make a beautiful sound during powwow dances. Uh, It comes with fringed moccasins, a ribbon belt, hair ribbons, and a kerchief with a beaded rosette to complete the outfit. So we're, I think this is one of the first times in American Girl where you're getting an outfit that is modern along with the historic outfits as well. Yes, and I don't think that I fully understood this as a young kid that they were doing this. And this is very unique, and I'm glad that mm-hmm. they did do this because I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like where 
it would be great to also have some representation of like what um you know native different native american tribes and their individual cultures have been like mm-hmm. over the past 50 years not just really far in the past and i think that um yeah i think that this is a great way to show that um you know yeah. they've included a modern element and made it you know more more accessible for um you know maybe kids to relate to what that means for you know a modern Native American tribe and really right there there's so many similarities between you know just all American kids regardless of their background right absolutely all right and then I guess lastly we have Kaya's horses horses plural so this is from Kaya's two stories one about a story of giving and one about a story of friendship. So a story of giving, when Swan Circling saves a baby on a runaway horse, Kaya is awed by the young warrior woman's bravery. She wants to be strong like Swan Circling, but can she? I love this because, you know, she's got like a female role model. Mm-hmm. I think it, it brings up a valid point about like who are the female role models right. in the books. And it's maybe not that they don't have female role models in every book but this is a very unique one I think this is almost like if we're looking at similar to Samantha's story like she has uh Aunt Cornelia who is sort of like a modern woman as a role model and then you have Grand Mary who's more traditional Um, right exactly I I feel like this is similar to that yeah right yeah, like it was always my kind of understanding for a lot of these American girl books that like the girls had to be like their own hero of the story. And I think yes. we see that a lot with like the Saves the Day books, especially. Um, of course, there are like strong female characters and throughout all of the book series, but like to have like this kind of hero um, is really interesting. And, you know, I think we we definitely see it throughout the books. I just haven't read them um, in so many years, but um, it's really interesting to see this like really, um, you know, strong focus on swan circling for Kaya's yeah. story. So Kaya's friendship story involves her missing speaking rain, her sister who has lost. She's glad to find a new friend in Lone Dog, but realizes it will take time to earn her trust. I can totally see why this appealed to me as a young girl, because I was mm-hmm. really into animals and the idea of her having a story with a dog um, or a horse would have been really appealing to me. So yeah, definitely. And so then she has two horses, actually. One is Steps High, who we've mentioned a few times. Um, her mm-hmm. beloved horse is a deep brown Appaloosa mare with a white star on her forehead and a rope bridle in her mouth. She comes with a fringed hide blanket. Um, so that is Kaya's horse but then she also has a little baby horse steps highs full Uh. is named sparks flying these names are beautiful by the way white with dark brown spots and a thick black mane and tail so she's a little smaller than steps high um she's the little baby uh they are so cute together too you have to get both (laughs) 
I know. I, I'm convinced that I had one because I remember, I feel like I remember having this fringed blanket that comes with it, but not the saddle. Mm-hmm. The saddle is sold separately and is beautiful. It's yeah. um, got a furry blanket and it's got like very um, high base at the front and back, um, which is so different from, you know, any saddle that we've seen like from Felicity's story. So you're, it's a def, it's a totally different horse experience than like what we're used to seeing in girl of today or Felicity. Yep. Absolutely. And then we have her doll and cradle board. So Kaya borrows a doll from her sister speaking rain after they're taken captive and it comes with a cradle board to keep the baby snug and secure while its mother worked, walked, or rode her horse. So it seems like it attaches right onto, um, the horse's saddle. Uh, as well very cool and the doll is wearing like an identical outfit to Kaya's Mm -hmm. meat outfit which is so cute yep and her hair is in a similar way as well it's really precious love it uh, well, this was so wonderful to get to go through. I really enjoyed this walk down memory lane, and I'm really hoping I find more of Kaya's items as I'm going up in the attic and looking. Yes, please keep us all posted, Laura. My fingers are crossed for you that you come across some AG in the attic and also get your dolls back. I know, I know. I will circle back with everybody on this. It's It's definitely like something I'm going to be making my father be the mediator on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good luck to you, Laura. (laughs) Thanks, Lindsay. And uh, happy Thanksgiving and happy Native American Heritage Month to everybody. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more HE Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.